Hey everyone, so recently I had an episode where I talk about how my wife and I bought and then renovated a home and we created a budget template to track costs and hopefully limit our spending and stick to the plan as much as possible. So with that, I put out a budget template that you can go and get and that was our most downloaded freebie from the Career Yak show thus far. So I'll put a link again in the show notes. Go check that out if you have any type of projects or you're renovating a house or you're doing even a smaller project and you have to see what it's going to cost and then track costs throughout so that hopefully you don't overspend go check that out super helpful just wanted to remind everyone of that and thanks for listening enjoy the show Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Career Yak Podcast. We are back after some time away. This is a show where we seek to discover what jobs and careers are out there today and learn valuable lessons along the way. I'm your host, Chris Goodwillie, and since college, I've been in B2B sales, currently working in software sales in the construction industry, and I'm excited for some interviews we have queued up for you in 2023, getting the show back and running. I wanted to share before we get those interviews up on your feeds, I wanted to share some top clips from past episodes that we've had with guests that have been on the show. I think this is a great way to kind of reignite the podcast and share with you, the listener. Maybe you've listened to these, maybe you haven't, but I went back, listened, took some of my favorite clips from some of the guests I've had on and uh, really excited to share those again with you all today. If this is your first time, great. Check us out on careeryak.com to learn more and hope you enjoy the episode. All right, since I work in the construction world, I figured I'd start us off with a construction-related episode. I have two clips to share with you from this particular episode because I had Rusty and his son, uh, Mitchell, on for a father-son duo, and they both have worked in the construction industry and uh, are very seasoned, have done their own businesses, things like that. So wanted to share a clip from each side of theirs. The first clip I have is Rusty getting into why you should consider the construction industry uh, for a career path. And if you're looking for the next step in your career, whether you're starting out or just looking for the change, check out our tool. A link is in the show notes. Seven steps to your next job search. Here you go. Elaborate on construction being a career path for people and why they shouldn't overlook that. You know, young people shouldn't overlook that. Well, it goes back to a lot of, you know, obviously, again, they come back to the college degree. It's very important. I mean, you definitely have a one up on everybody else, but if you, if you don't, take that path, you've got to figure out a way to build a career, build your own career. So if you get into the trades and you said, you know, I'll use my path all the way, apprenticeship. So you're learning how to do the trade. So once you finish that, you go and you get your license. Now you become a journeyman. And then you keep going up the ladder in the field. So as long as you have a growth mindset, you never stop thinking about the next step. And construction is one of those industries where there's always another step. You know, apprenticeship, journeyman, foreman, general foreman, superintendent, project coordinator, project manager, all the way up and up and up, you know, 
some um, some of my buddies that have done it have become literally C-suite executives with large companies because they've been yeah. for so long and they didn't go to college, but it was, they just had the mindset that they wanted to be better and better and better at it and learn everything about it. But the best thing that I like to tell young individuals is the opportunity for owning a business. If you're really good at it and you learn all the aspects of it, there's a, it's a great opportunity to take care of your family and your community and have a nice business. So I think that you can over, never overlook that when people, I always tell people I'm in construction. I, I never tell them I own a business. I tell them I'm in construction. And yeah. I, a lot of people think when you're in construction, you must be on the dead end of a shovel or running a backhoe or something like that. Mm-hmm. Really not the case. That's just a stereotype. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I've been in construction, I'm in construction. I've been in construction 35 years, but I have not, I don't even do my own wiring in my own house. So. Right, right. So it's uh, <laughs> it's just a career path that I took, learned it, got better at it, honed it, learned the, watched how other people did it, watched how other businesses did it, and just decided that's what I want to do. That's, I can do this. And it was, it's been a very good life for us. It's been very, very good for me. That's awesome. No, and I think it's important for, you know, like the blue collar trades, uh, industries, or I used to be in trucking, you know, um, whatever it may be. It's like, uh, I don't know, don't underestimate. And there is a lot of opportunity, you know, and when I was uh, at the real Harvard of the West, Northern Arizona, I, uh, you know, everyone wants to work for Facebook or Google. You know, it's like, that's the cool job. It's almost like they'd rather get paid less and work there for like the clout that it brings. You know, it's, a, it, it, and it's just a, I think it's a misalignment in the priorities because even when I worked uh, for a Peterbilt dealer for trucking, I remember when I was like a, I was like a manager trainee out of college and one of our, uh, one of the managers that was, you know, helping supervise us said, uh, never like judge a book by its cover. Obviously you shouldn't do that ethically anyways, but some of these guys in here, the, you know, they like to be in the trenches of their business and you might see a guy walk in and pick up a part from will call and you have no idea, you know, he's in, you know, overalls, dirty jeans, whatever. And he owns a multi-million dollar garbage hauling business. You just don't know, you know, and, and they're like, you know, that happens. And you better not be the one that is, uh, you know, giving them bad customer service or whatever. So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. And especially in this COVID-19 thing, like we were talking about at the beginning, it's like these industries are the backbone of America and they keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's, yeah, it's been, uh, like I said, it's, it's my world. And I know a lot of different people that, living it and they're different, different levels, different trade, different everything. But I think it's a, I, I think you can't ever overlook it. And there's a lot of things you should never overlook. And I think construction is one of those because at the end of the day, we're never going to stop building. True. Yeah. Never going to stop building. That's a good point. And if we do, then, then we got to be a real estate agent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the second clip from that episode. What, I mean, what kind of costs did you put in, like startup costs, uh, when it came to that 
that so my construction cost, business. So my costs were pretty low just because I would sub out a lot of the work and then I would use equipment rentals. So I was able to use pretty much just use that line of credit for most of my expenses. I didn't have to come out of pocket a whole lot um, while I was starting. Right, so right. That was good. No, I think it's good. I think that's a good lesson because I think people view entrepreneurship sometimes as <laughs> like all or nothing, tons of debt, quit your job cold turkey. And it's like, you know, though you were, you know, kind of college to entrepreneurship, you didn't necessarily have a full-time career at that point prior. It's like you did it at a gradual thought out, you know, uh, it's like even people that's, can start businesses on the side and if they grow big enough, then transition out of their job, things like that. I think that's important for people to realize that it's not always a do or die. I'm either going to be a millionaire or I'm going to be in debt for the rest of my life. <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, it takes time to build up to those big projects and that big business that unless if you have someone that just gives you a ton of funding at the start, right. Or you have crazy connections. Most people, they have to start small and, and build up and, you know, if you do do it that way, then it does minimize the risk a little bit, but it also takes a lot more patience. Right, right. Now, now the key thing there, though, is um, the business plan, because that's one thing that you've heard about consistently from Mitchell. I mean, the business plan for the donuts, the business plan right. for chocolate fountain, the business plan for the construction company. I'm a big believer in business plans because it gives you a roadmap. The business business plan gives you a roadmap. I mean, it doesn't make you, it keeps you going forward, but sometimes you come to a, a roadblock and you've got to figure out how to get around it. So you get around it and look at your business plan, change your business plan, say, well, hell, that didn't work. I got to make an adjustment. So it keeps you on track moving forward. You can always go back and change it, but it gives you an idea of where you're going. And I think that's the key here because then you have a strategic opportunity to grow your company by seeing what works and what doesn't work. Right. No, that's a good point. And and I think he, a business plan, people don't, don't really understand, especially small businesses. They go out, construction company, they go out, they buy a truck, they buy some tools, they get an account at the lumberyard. Okay, now what? <laughs> right. You know, they don't understand that they're going to go do a job and they're not going to get paid for 30 days, but they've spent all this money. Didn't think about that. Right. What am I going to do? Like, how am I going to get paid? I didn't, I don't get paid for 30 days. So you have to have a plan to be, keep it going forward. Right. Right. And I've even heard people say like, Oh, you know, my idea is too small. I don't need a business plan would be a waste of time. Things like that. I've even heard on the personal, like a parallel from a personal perspective, you know, budgeting, just your personal finances. I've heard people say uh, like, Oh, we don't make that much money. So we don't need a budget. I'm like, you should have a budget more than anyone, you know, just cause you had, you want to make sure you use every dollar correctly. Well, like Mitchell said, you know, it, it helps you identify who's your customer, who's your client, what does your cash flow need to be? What is it going to be? Where it, it gives you an idea of everything. You're looking at everything. So it tries to eliminate the surprises or the hurdles. So I, I'm, I'm a big believer and you should have some type of plan on any side of it, any size of business. I'm, I'm a plan guy. I mean, I'm, as I was getting older, I'm not such a good plan guy, but I, I do so, so you worked COVID-19 into your business plan, right? But you know what? The thing about it, it, to that point, if you have a business plan, it's a lot easier to get through these kind of things. Right. 
because yeah. I've had some, some disastrous situations in my company, losses, you know, the whole people stealing money, um, you know, the market tanks, the 2008 depression, those kind of things. And the one thing about it, we've come through those storms with that business plan. Yeah. 2008, when it was a big recession, 2008, 2009 were, were one of our biggest years. Wow. Margin standpoint, because the plan was actually at that time a three-year plan. Well, we looked at the plan and just really and truly dumb luck. We said, go straight to plan to year three. Oh, wow. We bypassed two and went right to three and started changing. We changed our whole business approach, went after people that we weren't really ready to go after, but in, that we were going to try and build up strategically to get to them by, by year three. And for some reason, we just thought, well, we should just forget this year two. We did good year one. Let's just skip year two and go right to year three. And by luck, year two just happened to be a recession. And <laughs> we went right by it. Wow. So that's wow. why I say a plan is very important. And if you look at it and use it, it's, it's a very valuable tool, I believe. Any right, subject, right. I think. And you can make adjustments like you guys did, obviously. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was such a blast talking to Mitchell and Rusty Gonzalez. Uh, they were such a joy to have on the podcast. And if you're interested at all in the construction industry, either making a jump to it or starting your career in that world, definitely check out that episode. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But for this next clip, I have Scott Polston. He is the co-owner, along with his wife, Holly in Tucson, Arizona of the company Garment Graphics. And he gets into what it's like to work with your spouse in this clip and also sharing his Christian faith in the workplace. Here's Scott. Enjoy. So the way we kind of, she continued to uh, be the vision for the business and the direction and, uh, and the main sales generator. And I continue, and I, took a very administrative role and a secondary sales role. Oh, okay. So do you still kind of wear those hats today or? Yeah. Yeah, we do. That's awesome. And obviously it seems like you guys work together um, given you've done it for so many years. (laughs) How do you, how do you guys separate like work and home life or does it all kind of blur together sometimes? Um, It does all, you know, it does all kind of blur together. Uh, it's not uncommon. You know, I probably work just as much as I did when I was in the auto business in the car business. Uh, right. But the difference is that I can take my work with me. Right. We're, we're conscientious to uh, not talk work all the time. Uh, we're conscientious to spend time together and that we know that the focus is that we're spending time together. And obviously, there was a whole lot of time, at least early on, that um, the family life, you know, revolved around our kids as well. Right. It doesn't as much revolve around our kids, you know, because now they're grown. Um, but So that's how we kind of managed it. Yeah, yeah. Now, as Christians in the business world, how do you guys, how have you been able to, you know, be a light you know, be a, a, an example to people in a business setting? Well, with our staff members, we're not uh, bashful about um, bringing up our faith. We don't uh, push our faith on them, but we don't, we're not shy to, uh, you know, bring it up in the workplace, so to speak. Yeah. Um, 
is one aspect. Um, they don't have to have our beliefs to work here, but they, mm -hmm. um, but like I said, we're not uh, shy about bringing up our faith. Holly, uh, when we uh, are uh, at our location, she had a, uh, a mural painted when we bought the building and it's uh, one generation plants the trees so the next generation can enjoy the shade. And um, so we've never, uh, and if you think about the reason I left the car business, um, you know, it, it, we've really had a, a focus that there's more to uh, uh, our purpose than making money. Right, right. Um, there's a bigger picture out there. Yeah. No, that's cool. And I super respect your, you know, prioritization of family. I think that's really cool. I, I know my dad in his own business. I mean, he's like, he's like, it'd be hard to give up the flexibility and go back. Kind of like you said, you work a lot, but you take it with you and you can do it on your own uh, yeah. accord, if you will. All right, everybody. The last clip for the day is Eric Jakey. Eric used to be my boss when I worked uh, for campus recreation and intramurals in college. He was a great boss and I really enjoyed uh, chatting with him again. Uh, this is from a little while back, but uh, he discusses how to help your employees as a manager reach their potential and putting them in the right spot to help them succeed. Super interesting. Really uh, loved Eric's managing style. So I uh, hope you enjoy the clip. How do you assess talent and steer people maybe they're not in the right spot how do you guys work together to try to put them in the right spot yeah totally so from a couple of different perspectives from from a hiring standpoint um, i really really value folks who are the right fit and so and and right now you know geez we're going through we've got six searches right now um in in our division and so we've got a lot going on with hiring and I think especially for somebody like me who who's come from very, very small campus recreation backgrounds, right? You know, again, kind of the small numbers of students and staff that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. To be able to come to a place like Wisconsin, which, you know, we, we're 43,000 students, you know, we're in the Big Ten. We're one of the premier recreation divisions in the country. And for for Wisconsin to take a chance on somebody like me, is something that I try to still do and how I hire. And I think we've been just extraordinarily successful. And, you know, especially for myself in a leadership role, it's not so much about what I can do or what I'm good at anymore. It's about who I can put in roles to succeed. And mm, that's a good. Point. And, and so we're just, we're just so invested in finding the right person. You know, I, I could care less if somebody comes from another big 10 school or if they come from, you know, a background of only large institutions or, you know, if the pedigree is there and it also matches the fit, then that's great. And we're going to hire the best person. But I can't tell you how many times we've hired somebody who, you know, who comes from, from, from my background or from something similar that, uh, you know, might not even be the exact role that they've applied for. You know, we've hired folks before in um, like, for example, in a um, scheduling and events role, who've never done anything at scheduling events. They came from a member, uh, like a member services role. And so for us, it's just so much about the fit. And we've just been, you know, I'll say, you know, trying to <laughs> humble brag on the people we hire. We've had some just amazing success by using that strategy and, and really just saying, hey, you know, we want you, we know we want you because you're the right person to be here. 
That's and, cool. and we're going to make it work no matter what your skill set is. We're going to find a spot for you because we need you to be here. That's and super cool. Yeah. From a management standpoint, uh, you know, again, it, it, everybody, um, everybody's unique. And so, you know, I try to be very, very individual, individualistic in, in how I manage and how I lead. But from a, from the standpoint of the folks who I directly supervise, again, uh, my style is really to, to give them the tools they need to succeed, but then to sit back and let them run. And, and again, it's, you know, if you've got faith in the people you hire and you've got trust in the people you hire, you're going to let them run and they're going to do amazing things. And as long as you as the leader aren't standing in their way, then, then as far as I'm concerned, you're doing a good job. Um, but I do think that that changes with, um, with our entry level folks. And so even though I don't directly supervise, I really like to still take an active role in their development uh, and, and really kind of getting them not only to where they need to be for the next step in their career, but also getting them the skill set uh, that'll help them get there. And so, you know, a lot of those conversations we talk about are, you know, hey, what are your needs? You know, and finding out from them and being able to be an active listener and to be able to know what exactly somebody um, is talking about and where they're coming from. And, you know, a lot of what people's background is has a huge influence on how they are at work, right? Right. And, and, and so a lot of our folks, um, you know, really trying to be super intentional with, you know, hey, where did you come from? What do you know? What do you want to get out of this position? And then what can I do to kind of act as that intermediary? Because I don't want to step on the toes of your supervisor. The last thing I want to do is come, come down and big dog you from, <laughs> from up above. Uh, <laughs> right. and, and, and that, that really puts, you know, the middle person in a really tough situation. Right, right. right. Uh, but being able to still develop a relationship with the folks uh, and, and be able to be somebody who, who they can lean on for, for development advice or for leadership advice, um, but then still being able to, to know, to know where that relationship is. So that way you're respecting your direct supervisor as well. No, that's good. There's definitely a balance. I mean, I've been in both situations, like between, you know, giving people so much autonomy that you don't even train or support them. But then at the same time, <laughs> once they are trained and, and supported and they know what they're doing to kind of, yeah, let them spread their wings a little bit. So, yeah, exactly. Well, I hope you all enjoyed those top clips from some of the episodes we've had in the past. I know it's fun for me to go down memory lane and uh, remember the conversations I had with these wonderful guests and remember all that I learned from them as they shared their knowledge and wisdom on the podcast. If you want to listen to the full episodes, there's links that, to those full episodes in the show notes. And uh, before we go, if you are looking for the next step in your career or just starting out, feel free to check out the link in the show notes. I have a tool, seven steps to starting your next job search. Go ahead and check that out as well. And uh, we'll hope to see you early 2023 and listening to our next interview episode. Keep your eyes out for that. We'll uh, see you next time. Hey everyone, one way you can support the show is by checking out our new affiliate partner, 
Lone Birch Company based out of New Hampshire where I am as well. Uh, Their owner and founder Jarek actually did an interview with me. His episode may or may not be out depending on when you're listening to this but go check them out and use the coupon code CAREER for 10% off. They make wood, uh, handmade wood products for your desk or office setting. Um, So check them out. Super high quality stuff and it'll help Jarek's business and the show. Thanks.